Welcome to the Homefront Podcast. I am your host, Tori McQueen. I'm a realtor, an entrepreneur, a mom of four, and a bold dreamer, always on a mission to turn nothing into something. Have you ever wondered how all these other entrepreneurs do it all? Can they actually have a successful and thriving business while also having a happy home life? Here, we dig into the real stories from entrepreneurs on how to run a biz and a home life, how to scale and grow, and how to manage parenting and relationships without sacrificing your home life or happiness. After all, isn't that what matters most? Let's get to it. Hey there, welcome back to the Homefront Podcast. Yay, I'm so glad you guys are here and this is still so very exciting for me. Um, And I just want to give a quick shout out and thank you to all the listeners and all the continued listeners and for just all the messages of encouragement that I've been getting and the feedback that I've been getting. I know some of you have taken time to text me, message me, DM me on all the socials. A couple of you left emails, but I just am feeling all the love and I think it's just overwhelming. I just feel really great that you guys are tuning in and it's hitting some of you. So I appreciate all that. Um, Some of you have asked how to review on Spotify and Stitcher, but I think my team and I have discovered that leaving reviews on iTunes may be the easiest way to move up in rankings and to have it all in one spot. So if you do feel a calling to do so, uh, myself and my team would love, love, love the support to go on iTunes and go ahead and rate or review. It would be awesome if you could do so. If you feel like you can relate or you enjoy this in any way, Um, But if not, you know, we do love the support and the messages to keep pouring in because it just is awesome and it feels great. So anyways, I just wanted to thank you all for that before we dive back in to my story. Um, You guys got to hear a little bit about my backstory and I thought that was important because you can kind of hear where I come from. You know, I'm just some ordinary chick out here doing my thing. And so I wanted you guys to to know that. But now we're going to kind of dive into what I did after college because I, like I mentioned earlier, I met my first mentor in college and we did that whole thing with his restaurant and his startup. And that's my very, you know, one of my first tastes of true entrepreneurship that again, I kind of stumbled upon. And you guys, I didn't dive right into starting my own business right then and there. It's not like I knew that that was the path I wanted to take or that was the journey I was going to go on. In fact, I dove straight into a long-lasting relationship with my now husband. So if you can imagine, I'm graduating college in Las Vegas. And quickly after that, I had been dating my now husband and decided to move across country to go live with him. So I kind of, you know, fell right in love there and left that position with my mentor. Obviously, we are long-term friends now that hope to be doing more projects together soon. But I moved to North Carolina from Las Vegas and dove right into the corporate world experience right outside of college. And this was all before any children. So basically picked up, moved across country and started my career. I mean, I literally just applied to jobs. I didn't know where I wanted to be. I was doing internships at the time in sales. And up until then, guys, think about this. So I started my 
career, I mean, I've always done like babysitting from a really young age to that first job I told you with, you know, working in a children's consignment shop. From there, I've done restaurants. In college, I worked at many coffee shops, children's learning centers, admin centers where I was doing admin roles. I worked at the bank. I worked at the restaurants. I did a little bit of everything. I dabbled in my internships through college. I've also done you know, outside sales. And as I was leaving college, I was interviewing to do, you know, sales in the like pharmaceutical sales and medical device sales. Like those are the types of things I was looking at when getting out of college. And mind you, I did graduate with my degree in marketing, but I came to find out really quickly that marketing often they misconstrued that and it really was sales, you know? So thinking I wanted to get into advertising and product research and development and all that stuff, I ended up getting a job in sales. Okay. So I started out with advertising. So again, here I am right after college, moved across country to North Carolina to be with my now husband and start my career in sales. First of all, I will say for anybody who is graduating college, those applications are so intimidating that I noticed that a lot of a lot of my friends were too scared to apply because the qualifications on there looked insane. So to anyone out there that is going through that, I hear you, I am with you, and just apply anyways because you learn what you learn on the job. Just like in real estate, everyone's so scared of the test and really you don't know what you're getting into until after the test and you actually start your job. So don't let that stop you from trying, okay? So anyways, with that being said, I dove right into corporate America, into sales gig, doing advertisements, and guys, these were ads like from the phone book and SEO and online and websites and things like that for small businesses. So I worked business to business with clients. You know, I did pretty well. I mean, I was winning accolades. I won corporate trips. I was top pinnacle club. Um, I won awards for being the top sales representative. I got used to being my own driver of success. And guys, this was prior to having kids. Um, I think that came with from my competitive nature, just jumping right in. And I was already, you know, used to being a student and staying busy. So now put a leaderboard in front of me and I was, you know, hit the ground running. Okay, so corporate world was going great, and I was a top rep, earning all these awards. My salary was pretty high considering what I had expected, so I was living a good life, and it was just me and my now husband, James. Well, priorities shifted a little bit when I got pregnant with my first son, so we moved to Washington to be closer to family. And those of you that know me know that um, when I take the time to be on maternity leave, Yes, I do rest and yes, I take months off work, but as my brain is resting and my months are off work, that is when my creative wheels start turning. So imagine corporate life is going great. I stayed with the same company. I moved cross country during my pregnancy and was able to have my first son a little bit closer to some family in Washington. And again, I was on maternity leave and my wheels were turning. And I was 
called to start a blog. I don't know where this came from. I think I was just getting a little bit stagnant in my career. I kind of got the hang of things. I was top performer, but I wasn't being challenged in any ways at the company that I was with. So I started this blog and it was called Fun Fit Mama. And it makes me laugh now because it's kind of embarrassing, but I wanted it to be where I could build a community with other moms who also enjoyed fitness and fun along with motherhood and that I could, you know, have this big idea to scale, to create events with women locally and wanted to stay busy with their kids, but also have fun while meeting the others and doing it all together. That was my huge idea. And, you know, I invested in a graphic artist and bought the logo and started the website and wrote my first few blogs. And in the meantime, I still had my job, right? But um, a lot of this started while I was on maternity leave because I was thinking, whoa, what kind of life do I want to have with my son? And this would be really fun. And meeting other people in this area that I just moved to. Well, guys, I invested all this money, wrote my first few blogs, and then I flopped. Like I legit failed. I chalked it up to learn like a learning experience, but I realized blogging wasn't really my thing. Like I enjoy sitting in a room with people and chatting it up and getting personal and understanding, you know, where people are coming from. And I wanted a community of people, but blogging wasn't a true passion of mine. Back in 2012, it was a little different than now, and my extroverted nature wanted to laugh with people and relate to people and be in person and be in people's living rooms. And the internet wasn't keeping me engaged because I didn't really feel that the relationships were real. And this was right before blogging became a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, I know there were some really cool blogs at the time, but that was kind of my vision is I would get on that wagon and start that. And that was the year that I figured out I was not a blogger. I'm just not a great writer. And honestly, I just want to hear other people's stories. Their comments didn't satisfy me. I didn't feel that that was another person on the other side of the screen. And I couldn't see their smile or hear them tell their stories. So it just didn't feel right with me. And I just flopped. I flopped. I spent all that money on a site and logo and flopped. But I did feel inspired to find a new gig. Because here I was, not being challenged, I just had my first son, and it gives you lots of time to think about, okay, what am I doing? What path am I on? Do I like this path? How do I change it? How do I challenge myself? And that's that's typically when my wheels, again, just start spinning. So what I did is I found another job, and that was fine, and I switched positions, but I was still doing outside sales. And this position really allowed the flexibility to do the work I needed to do. And I had amazing managers that gave me the autonomy to get the work done on my team on my terms. As long as I reported my numbers on time and I was excelling, I was left alone. And you guys, I was self-managed. I mean, in a lot of outside sales jobs, you can be self-managed and you have to be self-driven. But I was a top performer, top of the leaderboard. Um winning awards in in pinnacle clubs, things like that. And it allowed me the flexibility and freedom to be with my family and work on a flexible schedule. It just worked for me, but it wasn't it wasn't very challenging in a way that I like to be challenged. I mean, um, I did get to be out with clients and I did get to chat with people. So that was really fun. But as far as career growth, unless I wanted to be a manager or do any of that, 
there wasn't much of um, a growing path there. It was just sales, 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 get more sales. Even then at corporate events, I would see celebrations of people at the company for years, like celebrating their 15th or 20 year or 30 year anniversary with the company. And I always thought to myself, like, how could this be what I would be called to do for years? Like, do I really want to be doing this same job for this many years? Like, yeah, it's great pay. Yeah, that. But I wasn't really thinking about the money. I just felt kind of defeated after realizing, is this really what I want to do for this many years? You know? So after having my second son a couple years later, and um, James was working in the military at the time, but he was able to get out by then. And we had the ability to move back to Oregon to be close to more family. So again, it was a time in my life where I had my second younger son. I got the chance to reevaluate what I wanted with my life with, you know, James was my husband at the time. So it's like, what, what did we want for our futures? And you guys, I'm going to be honest in telling you that each son I have or each child that I've had triggers this realignment of like, where are we at? What path are we on? Where do we want to go? And all of that. So again, I was inspired to start the hunt for a job to get us back to Oregon because I felt that was our calling to go back closer to family to where I was raised and raise my kids there. Okay. So to get to Oregon, my mission was to get the dream job that I wanted. So I had already been looking at different sales gigs. Um, Naturally, I was just looking at outside sales, B2B jobs that I could get um, to get us down there. And the dream job I wanted, I had been interviewing at for weeks, right? And I was driving down to do my interviews and, you know, I got denied the position. I got offered these other jobs that were like, okay, those are like my second and third choice, but this choice was my number one choice. I mean, they hired young, healthy professionals that valued um, wellness as well as working hard. I mean, honestly, they, I think they just hired a bunch of students straight out of college that were cum lauds, right? And everyone was high energy and everyone was confident and it was just a powerhouse company that was new and thriving. And their office was downtown Portland in a high-rise, beautiful office that um, I was basically swooning over. And the pay wasn't the pay had had an awesome opportunity, but honestly, I wasn't even thinking too much about that because I was just excited about the culture and getting down to Oregon and all of that and the opportunity that I would get to have with this awesome company. So, anyways, I got turned down from the job. I went through like four or five interviews. And then they turned me down and I got really, I was like, what, why? Like I really want it. And so, you know what? I marched back in there. I wrote a letter and I gave it to the manager that turned me down and you guys, they called me back. So I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what I wrote, but I basically, I think what they told me was that I didn't read enough development books or something. It was something really odd. But anyways, I fired back with some things and told them all the other reasons why I thought I'd be a good fit. And they called me back again and decided to give me the job after denying me. So I was like, all right, well, great. I was over the moon excited, you guys. So this was a corporate sales job that was kind of my dream. 
I've got my two boys. We pack up. James is out of the military and we moved to Oregon. So I was on a high on a roller coaster and my husband didn't really need to work because my I was doing okay. So he was going to figure his stuff out because guys, this is messy. I mean, our move was really, really messy, but the end goal really was about our home front and we wanted to be in Oregon. We wanted to raise our boys there. So to us, it was a no brainer. So anyways, long story short, I quickly realized that being in this corporate environment didn't feel like it was fitting my lifestyle. I had managers that didn't really relate to me being a mother to multiple. I was surrounded by other employees that didn't really have families. Maybe a couple did. So at the time, guys, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I was struggling personally with a lot, a lot of mom guilt. I had my two boys at the time. My husband was at home with them and was great to them. And But I was missing out. I was used to these jobs where they'd leave me alone and I'd have my time and I was getting my numbers and being a top performer in half the amount of time. And so I found that the managers that were managing me just really, really wanted to micromanage me and my activities and what I was doing. And, you know, they had a company culture where, you know, you, if you weren't there before eight o'clock, you were failing Um, instead of, it wasn't really about the numbers. It was how did you show up in the office for meetings to have meetings? And the managers didn't really relate to my struggle with um, any kind of mom guilt. I had a female manager And she was fine, but I couldn't really relate to her really either. And I had to think to myself, is this what I really wanted? Like wearing suits and talking to C-level executives while my manager bragged about being the last one to pick up her crying son again at the childcare. I literally remember her telling us how her son was upset again because he is always the first one to be dropped off at 6 a.m. and the last one to be picked up at 6.30. And there's nothing wrong with that for some people. Um, But for me, it just wasn't what I was used to. And it's not really what I had envisioned when it came to the life I wanted for my kids or my home front. And again, goes back to the joy that I was looking for for my life. Not to mention this poor kid, his dad lived in another state because in order for his mom to take her big promotion, because this is how the company worked, she had to move out of state to do what she had to do. Now, every family does what they need to do and lives how they want, making the choices they want. But for me, I tried to think of living a separate, like in in a few years, if I wanted a promotion and I had to just up and move to another state without my husband um, and pull the kids away just to take a promotion, that just triggered me. And I just, and by trigger, it didn't have anything to do with her. It just had the the feeling of if if I'm looking at how to scale or what my life will look like on this path, this may not be the opportunity for me because that was a big fat no to the kind of home front that I wanted to have. So I really had to take inventory of myself and what I wanted. And you guys, this was tough for me because I had worked so hard to be a top performer and prove my skills. And it's really all I knew, being on top of the leaderboards and sales and learning something new and taking it to the top and always striving for that was what I knew. I got to build relationships, create presentations, close the deals, have the flexibility with my family. 
be a top performer, enjoy the game, and get paid while doing it, going on corporate trips, only to turn around and take a job where I had to work from the bottom again and be in meetings just to be in meetings for the sake of being meetings and to report report to managers for the sake of reporting to managers, even though systems were in place to make things transparent enough to see my activities. The thing is, I wasn't the only one who felt the way that I did in this office, you guys. So the majority of the office felt that way, yet no one was really saying anything because it wasn't part of the culture. And you guys, no one wants to be that person that is the water cooler negative Nancy talker. So I didn't do that either, but it wasn't part of the culture and you definitely didn't want to challenge it. And you guys, for any of you that can relate, I mean, I remember being in a meeting with the entire company via telecom as we were doing this huge like web training and the training began and everyone sat there and we were training the whole company, you know, in the United States. And training began and everyone sat quiet listening to the trainer chat about what was on the screen. And the screen was blank. Like I remember chiming in after about like 10 minutes of a blank screen and just saying, hi there. I just want to let you know that we can't see anything on the screen. And oh, did I get the eyes from my manager. But the trainer was surprised and a little taken back to find that no one else in the entire company could see the training either. It wasn't just our office. You could start hearing the other offices chiming in. Yeah, we can't see it either. Nope, not us either. And she was like, what? Like, how come nobody said anything? And she had to start all over. And I know it seems little, you guys, but I got the looks. And boy, did that start a fire. I later got called into the office and was told that I was highly unprofessional and inappropriate to chime in on a huge corporate training just because it was a corporate training. And it put our office on the map and not in a good way. And I didn't really understand what that meant. I just thought it was extremely odd. And this is the first time that I've really been reprimanded for doing what I thought was a very simple, easy thing to do. Um, And I thought it really made sense. So I was starting to mentally get exhausted. Um, I guess I should have just let everyone continue on with that training for the next hour and a half without the screen. And although my numbers showed me as a high performer, it didn't matter because I wasn't following their lead for the sake of being a subordinate or I I didn't have room for collaboration or creativity or growth for, for myself. And it just was not a good fit. And again, guys, like this could be for some people. But I, it was just exhausting for me. And the culture was not for me. And I still remember them saying to me, if you don't like how we do things, maybe you should just go find a commission-only paid job so that we don't have to, you don't have to have a manager. And you guys, I am not going to lie. My brain was a little jumbled after this because after working so hard and being a good performer, and I am slightly a people pleaser, I was a little bit shaken because I have never been told that. And obviously it it hit me to the core, but it was not really a bad idea considering I already had our one rental at the time. So I was already kind of interested in other things in real estate. So I kind of parked that idea. But that day I walked out of that high rise cum laude perfect view of the city sales office and left my coworkers with my ego shoved down deep I got home, took off my blazer jacket, kicked off my stilettos, and poured a glass of wine. And I looked at my husband and boys and just 
smiled with relief. I'm sure I had a couple tears, but honestly, I was so done with corporate life. I was ready for my next adventure. So again, you guys, I am not going to lie. Leaving corporate messed with me mentally for a while because again, it was kind of all I knew and I had literally felt like a failure. But as soon as I left my corporate job, I couldn't sit still and my creative wheel started spinning yet again. This is where I jumped into the startup space and actually began creating an app on my own. Fast forward a little bit, as I was networking with a bunch of people in the startup industry here in the area, I ended up partnering with a guy in a small startup network that knew the software development side. And at the time, one of my coworkers from my corporate gig had left also, so she kind of helped me out with some of the new startup stuff. And I was super passionate about the idea. It was some fun idea about getting couples to go out of their comfort zones and go date, but it was a, a, an, a big old app that we had created for your phones. I partnered up with this guy and we were working on the project for quite some time, but long story short, we got all the way to the beta launch. And if you guys don't know what that is, it's basically the app was installed on my phone. I could test it out. And as we were testing it out and as stuff started going on between the partnership and the business, um, I decided that the partnership that I created in this business was not worth it and was not the path I wanted to take for myself or for my family. And it was not going the direction that I had envisioned it going in. And you guys, I jumped right into this partnership. So um, I definitely learned a lot there in what to look for and what not to look for in a partnership because there was a lot of crazy things that happened. But he was upset with me and he said, you can't just quit. You are the CEO. And I told him <laughs> that I was done with him and the entire project. And honestly, it's all such a blur, you guys. But at the drop of a hat, I dropped that mission. Like I was done. But I definitely learned a ton about startups and how to formulate partnerships and business and how to set my own boundaries. But again, guys, I freaking failed again in front of everyone. I had been so passionate and excited about this project, got all the way to the beta. I can't believe I built my own app that was on my phone with pictures that I took. But the, the second the partnership in the business wasn't working, I knew something was not right. And again, I won't get into the nasty details about what was happening there, but it became messy and it took the joy out of it all. And I folded, I failed, and I quit. Hey friends, I'm just chiming in here to invite you to join in on my friends club. It's like a newsletter, but way more fun. By joining, you'll get exclusive access to bonus episodes, freebies, tools, tips, and resources to empower you to scale in your business and your home life. As a bonus, you'll get the option to opt in to get monthly video updates on what I'm working on behind the scenes in my business and my home front. This is your chance to take advantage of all the valuable content from myself and guests on the show, as well as getting to know each other on a lot more personal level. It's super easy. Just click the link in the show notes or go to torymcqueen.com slash friends club to join. That's torymcqueen.com slash friends club. See you inside. Most times, guys, I think failing is absolutely necessary to be able to learn and learning when to quit is a super hard thing even now. And in our culture of like, get out and do what other people aren't willing to do to get the things you want or don't quit, rest kind of logic and messaging that we're getting, it's definitely 
not easy. And I'm just going to say this loud and clear for all of you listeners. Failing is a part of learning. And I believe it's actually the fastest way to learn. And for me, quitting is a part of life. And if the joy in the journey is gone and the outcome is no longer what you expected it to be, then it's necessary to quit in relationships or in jobs or in partnerships or in business or whatever you're doing. And I'm not talking about the hard work it takes to get to where you want. Like, obviously, it takes a lot of work to get to where I am today in the path that I'm on. It took some quitting along the way, but the tedious tasks that, that it takes, I'm not saying to quit all the hard work it takes to get there. I am just saying that if you are in the daily grind and not enjoying it, it better be for a good reason and there better be that light at the end of the tunnel that you know that you are striving for. However, if you're in the daily grind and the grind is leading to a life that you don't want or an outcome or a path that you aren't really trying to achieve, then it's okay to quit to let it go because it sounds like that's not the home front you want to have. And that's what matters most. I could honestly talk about this topic for a while, so I'll save it for another time. But now you see, this journey of mine isn't and hasn't all been roses. And I definitely didn't know where I was headed exactly after I was done with my startup. Feeling defeated, but ready to power through, I connected with a longtime friend of mine who had been in real estate. Maybe my corporate boss was still onto something. I remembered what they told me. If I want to do my own thing, start my own business, or take a commission gig, real estate is a commission gig. And it came back to mind. And again, we had already bought a home, so I kind of knew that process. And we had a rental at the time that was cash flowing. So I was already having fun in real estate. So I knew a little bit about it. And that's when I was just thinking, you know what? This might be a good path for me. I met with my friend and began the licensing process. Now, six and a half years and two more baby boys later, here I am raising a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, four-year-old, and two-year-old boys with my husband, James, and I have a baby girl on the way and enjoying the real estate life and all it has to offer. I've got several agents on my team. I am mentoring other agents around the States. I've launched this podcast, and I hope to continue bringing more resources in hopes to inspire other realtors and entrepreneurs to scale their own business or empire around their home fronts. And guys, I just love the opportunities real estate has as a personal wealth building tool, as well as an endless career opportunity. I originally started on a team to learn. And then after a couple of years, I kind of branched off on on my own. And there's different models in real estate. So if you're interested in that, definitely explore that. But ultimately, I realized that in order to truly get the freedom I wanted, I had to not treat real estate as a job, but instead as a business, which also meant I ultimately had to create a team of my own in order to scale. So that's kind of where I'm at today. And I still love being able to service and work one-on-one with my clients and also being challenged to lead other agents to succeed alongside me. And also creating the team of my dreams, I get to hone in on the work that I thrive in and prioritize my life with my family on my terms as well. While I rest, aka when I have this baby girl, the business can keep on keeping on and my clients and more families can still be helped. 
in building my team, I'm also able to have fun being creative on here with you guys on the podcast and meet others across the world doing the same and share it with you. Entrepreneurship and its journey to success can be a lonely one, guys, because not everyone understands it or gets it. It's definitely more fun to learn with and aside people than alone, which brings me to today and why I'm excited to share with you my journey and everyone else's journey along the way. Hopefully, you guys can see that I'm just that ordinary gal that takes the hits and the chances like many other entrepreneurs out there. It's not all seamless and pretty like the Instagram or the other socials try to show. And in order to get to where I am today, I have put myself through the ringer of opportunities to see what I actually enjoy and what I like. And I've shared my passion with friends and family only to get nods of like, oh, here she goes again kind of vibes. And I've had countless conversations with hubby, therapists, and business coaches about my options, my thoughts and fears, and realigning what we want for our life as, as things adjust with our family. And guys, that's what matters most. And if you're someone that needs to hear this, then here's your permission to do that same thing. Explore what you like. And know that it doesn't have to be a forever thing. You can fail and just learn from it and get back up and do it again or try something completely different. And for me, at least by trying and then quitting or failing the things that aren't me, I've been able to say yes to the things that are. And slowly I've gotten to a place that I am super happy to be in. It's not perfect, but it's messy and fun and challenging. And if you fail... You take those lessons and the story moves on. Now that you've been all caught up with my story and how I got to where I am here today, I am super excited to take you along this roller coaster ride with me and others as you hear their journeys and their stories and how our stories continue to play out. Um, I hope you guys get a little bit of inspiration from this to be able to continue on your story and to not be afraid to to fail or quit the things that just aren't you. Say no to those, say yes to your home front that you're wanting, and just pick up and let the story continue on. Thanks again for listening, and I will chat with you guys next time. Hey guys, thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Homefront Podcast, where happiness is our true profit. If you enjoyed today's chat, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This helps us learn, grow, and reach more listeners just like you. Join me again next week as we drop new stories, experiences, and game-changing tips for your home front. As always, here empowering you in business and in life. Until next time.